welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spiteri, joined by the one, the only, the incredible Allison Aletha. Allison, how are you doing today? I am doing pretty good today, I think. I'm having I'm having a good, de-stressful weekend, so how are you? Um, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm a little bit tired. I was up a little bit too late, but I am also having a nice and relaxed weekend. Uh, I've been playing a lot of this this RPG for the Switch called CrossCode, and it's kind of like a throwback 16-bit um, SNES-style RPG. It's pretty cool. It's like a, it's kind of a little bit meta. You're you're playing like uh, within the game. You're playing an MMO, so it, it's pretty cool. It's been keeping me busy. So yeah, I've been doing a lot of that, and uh, you know. That's pretty much about it. I mean, not really much else that you can do uh, <laughs> these days. So, yeah. I know, right? Life is so not as exciting as, you know, a year and a half ago. But we make do. We make do indeed. And uh, one of the things that we make do with is by talking about our least favorite Legend of Zelda bosses, which we are going to be diving into today. And uh, I'm excited about this because it was uh, not easy actually putting this list together because... I feel like I was really, I was really hesitant being critical about a lot of these bosses because I mean, obviously, like I know nothing about making games or designing anything. So, like in in my eyes, like even the worst boss is like, okay, well, this is still kind of cool. But we have to put that aside, and we did pick our least favorite bosses, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to dive into this list today, Allison. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I When I was putting my list together, um, I was kind of thinking, it's not really fair for me to choose anything from games I've only played once or have played a long time ago, so I kind of left those ones out. But these are definitely some that I've played over and over again, and I'm just, I'm over them. So we might get a little salty, which will be fun. <laughs> yeah. And we'll we'll just see how it goes. Nothing wrong with that. Speaking of salty, um, thank you again to everyone that... Uh, <laughs> asked us Twilight Princess questions last week and also took issue with some of our answers uh, from the episode. Uh, I, I love that so many of you guys love Twilight Princess. Uh, it makes for makes for a really engaging good versus evil battle with me as the evil Twilight Princess uh, detractor and all the, the fans sticking up for it. I, I kind of dig that. So uh, we're going to do another one of those real, real soon. I'm, I'm really been loving those, those uh, game-specific Q&As. Um, one thing, Allison, that I think that we should mention before we get going here is uh, a very significant figure in the world of Nintendo did retire. Uh, I'm probably going to butcher this name, but I'm going to try. Uh, Takaya Imamura uh, retired, and he is the man behind the one, the only, the legend, Tingle. So pay pay your respects to uh, to this man right here. He's done he's done the world a great service. Um, and I mean, really, what else can you say other than, you know, he, he's, he's created a ton of different stuff beyond Tingle, but I mean, in my eyes, that's just his, his coup de gras right there is, is the man in green. So shout out to, uh, that. shout out to Mr. Uh, Imimura. I hope that he enjoys, uh, retirement. Well-earned. Yeah. Happy retirement. Well-earned. Um, okay. Well, Allison, should we just, uh, should we just get rip roaring and, and get into our bosses here? Cause we have... We have a lot to get into here, and I'm going to explain the way that we did this. So, um, Allison and I both made our own separate top 10 lists, okay? So, we have 
we have a top 10 list each, and we compared them after, and Allison and I have seven unique bosses to our list, and then three bosses we also had on both of our lists. So uh, that works out to, uh, what do we got here, 17 bosses that we need to get through before the end of the show here, uh, and that's a lot. So yep, I, I don't think that we have a moment to waste here, so we better get going. Um, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Um, I'll go first, I think. All right, this all one, right. This one might be, um, I don't know, I, I think it'll only be uh, significant probably to a lot of people who play A Link to the Past probably a lot, but um, it was one that I w- when I was looking through the bosses, I was like, oh yeah, that guy, oh, I hate him. And so, I'm going to butcher this name, Lanmalus or whatever, those worms that are in the Desert Palace. Um, right. I hate those, like, because I understand that, you know, it was a, a game, the, the age it came out, the hitboxes weren't quite the same. It was more precise, I think, maybe smaller. And so, when I'm running around trying to hit the heads of these worms jumping in and out of the freaking sand, and... Like, I'm getting hit by rocks, and I didn't realize that rocks were flying at me. You know, it's it's kind of like, I just, I felt like it was a scramble. It wasn't really, um, like, a strategic boss fight. It was kind of like, I'm just trying to kill these guys as best I can, slashing and hacking, and it wasn't very fun for me. You, you know what? Um, I, I can't agree with you on this one. I, I like this fight. And all the all the different iterations of it that that pop up over the course of the series. Something about like charging up your spin attack and then bonking the head when it finally comes out and you go flying across the screen. I think is satisfying. I will say that um, like when I was doing my list, I did give some consideration to like some of the bosses from like a Link to the Past and uh, even the original Zelda. And I was like, you know what? I I feel like you have to add context. At the time, these were like pretty creative bosses and like. There's nothing um, inherently wrong with a lot of them, but they are very simple compared to some of the the bigger, you know, 3D brothers, if you will, uh, later in the series. So I I did have that kind of, um, I don't know, kind of in the back of my mind when I was doing my list. So you won't see a ton of, I don't see a ton of 2D bosses on my list, but there are a few. Um, so yeah, I, I will counter yours with, uh, speaking of the man in green, I really did have a tough time thinking of 10 bosses that I really didn't like enough to to put on my list. So I did I did reach a little bit here, but I came up with one, and uh, nobody listening to this is going to have played this, and that's okay. But he is the big liar from Ripened Tingle's Balloon Trip of Love. Um, this guy is the god of the Usutami, and he resides in a cave, and this is a weird fight. Because it's actually not a fight at all. So for some context here, you have to go to Liar Village. It's a place in the game. And every single person in that village speaks in lies. So, for example, uh, if they were wearing red, they would say, I am not wearing red. Or something like that, right? Like, it's just, (laughs) it's kind of this weird dynamic. And it's a weird, um, like, manner of speech, I guess. And it's, and that's like the theme of of this area of the game. So, like... This boss fight is basically like a quiz. And the Tinkle games have some weird boss fights, but this one is extra weird. So it's like a quiz, and you have to give the correct answer in order to actually beat the boss. You have to feed it milk. Um, This boss will turn Tinkle into a goat. He will possess uh, one of your party members, 
And then at the end of it all, he gives you a gold medal. It's just like super bonkers and like even even extra bonkers for the Tingle games. But the Tingle games actually have some pretty wicked boss battles that are like Street Fighter kind of influenced or like just really creative. But I wouldn't I wouldn't rank this one up there. Plus the big liar just looks like a big blob. So yeah, th this one this one uh, <laughs> is number ten on my list. I didn't really rank them, but he's he's on there for sure. Um, I, I guess I can't really say anything about him because I don't know him. I don't know what he looks like and I've never played the game. But that does sound, it sounds, you know, fitting actually for that game. Be, like turning you into a goat if you get something wrong and just like these wacky things happening. You know, yeah. it's not so far out of the realm of possibility for such a wacky boss. It's, um, it's bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least. All right, my this might actually be on a lot of people's list of worst bosses. Um, I think it's improved over the years. I will say that. Um, but my number two is Moldorm from also A Link to the Past. I mean, come on. The, you got this, again, a giant worm thing. It looks like a hamburger on the head. And he... <laughs> And he's knocking you, he knocks you off the the platform and you have to fall down a floor. If you happen to be in the wrong spot at the wrong time, you might fall down a couple floors, I think, if I if I'm remembering right. But I just remember that being so frustrating cuz all you're trying to do is hit this little spot, his tail, and he gets faster. He's bonking around all over the place like a ping pong ball and and you can get knocked down a floor too. So, I find that really kind of frustrating. It's not something that I enjoy. Like, it's not a boss that I look forward to beating. But, like I said um, before, he has improved a lot. I think the Moldorm in um, A Link Between Worlds is a lot better of a fight. So, I will give it that. Okay, okay. Uh, you know what? This is one of those ones, again, where I'm like, he's so simple that it's not offensive to me. I can understand why... Um, you would put Moldorm on your list. But I, I don't know. To me, he's almost just like this charming staple of Zelda now. Like, he's been there for so long that I, I just, like, I can't hate on him. Even though, like, the boss fights never really change. It is super annoying getting knocked off the stage, especially in uh, Link's Awakening, having to go back up. Uh, so I, I can understand that. But I I don't know. I, I feel bad knocking on my boy Moldorm here. So... <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna raise you another 2D boss here in place of Moldorm, and I am going to present to you what I think is the most irritating 2D boss ever, and that is the genie from <laughs> Link's Awakening, and particularly Link's Awakening DX, um, because this guy will talk and talk and talk and talk to you, and like. The, the boss fight itself is actually, like, somewhat fine. You need to, to pick up his lamp and you need to throw it and whatever, right? Like, it, that's fine. But the guy just talks to you so, so, so much. And all of the bosses in Link's Awakening do talk to you, but particularly in the DX version where there was, like, such a limited amount of text that you could actually see per screen. It just felt like more than half the, the battle was actually just, like, scrolling through what he was saying and like it was just stupid stuff like i bet you that you can't pick me up and throw me and it's like all right we don't need to be that on the nose i don't think um so yeah it's it was just like super incredibly annoying uh 
I, I do think that the boss battle itself is kind of lame. That also goes back into the the dungeon item from um, oh god, what is that? Uh, the bottle grotto, uh, which is the the power bracelet, which is a lame item. Uh, so yeah, he's he's not a big he's not high on my list. I think that he's like incredibly annoying. It it could have been. It could have been okay if they would have just um, got rid of the text. And I think that they improved it slightly in the Link's Awakening remake. But even then, I just, like, I don't know. Something about this guy is just like, man, just, just like, be quiet and stop being a goof. <laughs> and, and let me fight you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think you like the goofy bosses very much. <laughs> I... You know, this is what the uh, Link's Awakening was one of the games I opted out of not choosing a boss just because I've only played it once and I've only played the new version. So basically my thinking was if I kind of felt irritated or like uh, frustrated from a boss fight in that game, it was only because it was my first time doing it. So maybe the next time it would be better. Um, right. I kind of remember liking the genie. I, I thought it was fine. Every boss from... Link's Awakening was unique to me because I hadn't, like I said, I hadn't played the original. And the way that you beat the bosses is kind of different from a lot of other Zelda games. So I, I, I remember liking him. But, um, yeah, it would be kind of annoying if, like, if I paid attention enough to notice all the all the text that was happening. Um, and, again, I, like I said, I didn't play the older ones. So it probably was definitely much worse on the older I, Yeah, and to put in context for the older one, you can only fit like i think two lines per text box and then you have to press a and get to the next two lines and like yeah that was just super super annoying and sometimes it was like kind of charming with some of the bosses what they said to you but like yeah this one this one wasn't it this one was not charming he just talked so much that i was Fair just enough. like just be quiet i'm gonna notice that next time i play link's awakening um uh, this one kind of, this one, uh, you might not agree with, and it kind of hurts me to say any, any boss from this game, but I don't like Baronade. I feel like Baronade <sighs> is weird in context to the other bosses of the game, because you've got, you've got Goma, and you've got Dodongo, or King, yeah, King Dodongo in the first two, and it just totally makes sense. It goes with the theme, I don't know, it just rolls with me, but for some reason you get to Baronade, this weird heart looking thing with like its arteries sticking up and it conducts electricity and it's poisoning this fish it's just it doesn't look like a parasite to me it just looks like an organ that he accidentally ingested or something and I, I, I don't know something about it just doesn't sit right with me I don't like it it's not a boss I look forward to doing and I really like the first two bosses of Ocarina of Time so there's that and plus he he's just spinning around bip bopping and I, I don't. I don't care for him. I'm sorry. All right. So, I'm gonna. I'm gonna preface what I'm gonna say with. I think that Baronade is probably the weakest boss in Ocarina of Time. I think. Okay. I think that's probably fair. But I still think that that's a really fun boss fight, especially if you like kind of know what you're doing with the boomerang. Uh, I. I don't know. I. I always have like a good time just kind of you know, get my boomerang out, Z-targeting, and, like, you're throwing, but you're also dodging all of his, like, crazy projectile shell things. Um, and then when he splits up, the only thing I guess I don't like about it is when he splits up and you go attack all the things 
um, uh, shells, I guess, that, that come off of him, you have to, like, kind of do the sequence again before you can really attack him. So I always thought that that was a little bit weird, but I, I like Baronade. Um, and you know what? I guess I should mention, too, we, we took this idea from our pals over at the Hyrule Compendium, who did this video months and months and months ago, um, and I, I didn't watch it specifically so I wouldn't be influenced, but I did see that they put Morpha in the thumbnail for the video, and I, I love the Morpha fight, too. I think that that fight is awesome. Um, I Yeah, I, I thought about it for a second, and then I was like, no, there's, a, there's some cool stuff that you can do in there. There's that really neat strat where you can get the ball into the corner and just wail yeah. on it, which I think is so fun. So oh, yeah, and, it, and that takes that skill one. to do too. Like it, yeah. it's kind of cheap, but like it's not that cheap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I I think the Baronade is really fun. I think that the weakest boss from Ocarina of Time is still better than most other games. Like yeah. better bosses. Yeah, I can. Well, but I, can I mean, I'm, I'm a mark for Ocarina of Time, though, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, there are some bosses on my list that I still like more than other bosses in other games. But for some reason, Baronade just doesn't click with me. It just feels out. It feels really out of place for me. I don't know why. I'm weird, I guess. Well, no, I, I mean, like, I don't think you're alone. I've seen a lot of other people say that they do not enjoy Baronade and the whole uh, Jabba Jabba's belly. To be fair. Yeah, Jabba Jabba's belly is weird. <laughs> But it, it's a cool concept, but it's definitely bizarre going into this fish and walking through its parts. It's weird. It does make you wonder, like, what... Uh, it's almost like this baronade is like this walking virus around in Jabba Jabba's belly, which I also think is kind of cool, but uh, I guess that's neither here nor there. I will, <laughs> I will raise you a boss that I think that you like that I don't like. So let's go. Uh, right. Next on my list is... Jalhalla from the Wind Waker. And if you guys were listening to our Wind Waker episode, jeez, uh, I guess that was probably a long time ago now, but when we did the Wind Waker bosses episode or dungeons episode, I was complaining about this guy, and I'm going to complain about him again. I think that this boss fight sucks. Uh, first of all, it's it's a goofy boss fight, uh, which, I, which I don't like. Uh, I think that, you know, I, I think that... Uh, when when you get to the earth temple that's probably the best temple in the game and then you get to the end and you just have this big fat goofball ghost as your boss it's kind of like <laughs> anticlimactic and i i think that the fight itself kind of sucks like you just uh you have to break up all of the different ghosts he's he's always just like bopping around and i, I don't know it just it doesn't work for me at all um i don't particularly like and maybe it's again because I'm a mark for Ocarina of Time, but to me, the use of the mirror shield in the Twin Roba fight was like so much more fun than the use of the mirror shield in this fight. Um, I especially hate that you have to fight him again in Ganon's Tower. Uh, so that's <laughs> like that's double jeopardy right there, except it doesn't cancel each other out. So yeah, this this guy is not high on my list. I just yeah, I think you know there is a time and a place for goofy bosses in a game and i'm and i'm totally down for like a good goofy boss i think twin rova is fun um i i you know i think that they can be done correctly but like to me this was just so this boss didn't fit the theme of the temple which was this super serious like crypt and yeah i don't know i feel like it was a letdown 
I mean, I can kind of understand where you have this, like, really creepy, serious kind of dungeon and then a kind of goofy ghost thing at the end. But, I mean, I, I don't think he's that goofy, I guess. I, I like Jalhalla because he's kind of a challenge for me since I speedrun Wind Waker. And basically the challenge is to try and get it done in three cycles. It, because if you have more than three cycles, you're kind of screwing up your speedrun. And it's it's a little hard. There's different tricks. Like, you get to throw bombs so that it hits the ghosts before you can get to them. Because they, they, like, you know, jump around a lot. And it's kind of annoying trying to run and catch them. Right. So there's a lot of cool tricks to kind of get that challenge. So I really like... I get a little competitive with it. Like, yeah, I three-cycled him this time. That's awesome. And I, I don't know. I kind of like it. I like rolling him um, into the spiky walls. Um he's an interesting boss at least you know is he my favorite from wind waker no definitely not but i still like him enough that he wasn't on my list well that's fair i guess that's fair he's he's definitely on my list and uh <laughs> i think i think i said this then and I, I think i'm gonna repeat it now i don't think that bosses are actually a big strength of the wind waker so there you yeah, go yeah that's fair um, let's move on from Wind Waker to Phantom Hourglass, Andy Spiteri's favorite Zelda game of all time. Spoiler, we're going to stay on Phantom <laughs> Hourglass for, for a hot minute here, too. <laughs> um, I, I like most of Phantom Hourglass's bosses. I don't really care for the mini bosses, but there's definitely one boss that I can't stand. And my competitor, Katie, actually really likes because she's super good at it. But Crake is like this weird hermit crab thing. And you have to hit um, its weak points on the shell. It turns invisible. So you have to use the upper screen to kind of find it. And mm-hmm. um, and then you break the shell, which for me is always somehow impossible. Katie can do it in like one cycle and it's ridiculous. But for me, it's like I don't know what I'm aiming at. And then um, you have to distract it so you can go around and hit its tail. It's got these little mini crakes coming at you. It's really obnoxious. I just, I don't like this fight at all. And I like most of uh, Phantom Hourglass's fights, so. You know what? Um, For as much as I have been on this show talking about how I think that the DS Zelda games are not very good, which they're not, I think that for the most part... Phantom Hourglass actually has really good bosses, and I I don't mind this guy. I don't mind uh, I don't mind old old Hermit Crab here. I think that the gimmick is kind of <laughs> cool, where like you got to look at the at the other screen to see like where he is. Um, I I I think that like functionally it could have definitely used some fine tuning to make that work a little bit better <laughs> for sure because it's it's definitely like as a concept it's really cool but in practice it's definitely not as as smooth or as fluid as it could be but i do think that the concept is really neat um so that it kind of gives it a pass for me almost on that alone um i never had significant trouble with this boss so i I wouldn't uh i wouldn't have ranked it too high on my list i i think that it's maybe not one of the better bosses of phantom hourglass but i didn't hate him i was surprised to see him on your list actually yeah, I mean, I just feel like other bosses from that game do so well with the gimmick of the game itself using the Silas as, you right. know, your controls. And I think a lot of those bosses did that really, really well. But I, something about Craig, his movements, just I mess up. I don't hit the uh, target very well. And it just bothers me. It usually knocks my speed run pretty badly. So 
I just get really salty with him. So I'm not surprised he's on my list. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, all right, let's move on from one Phantom Hour boss to your Phantom Hourglass boss, rather easy for me to say, to the next. You know, I, I was just saying that I think that all of the bosses in this game are, are for the most part, pretty good. Except for the final boss, Bellum. I think that this guy kind of sucks. And he kind of sucks because, like, it's not entirely the boss's fault, like the boss battle's fault. Um, and I'm going to I'm gonna point out, like, the, the first phase specifically. Because I think that the last phase with, uh, with Phantom Linebeck is, like, decent. Although I don't think that that's very good either. But I'm going to pick on the first phase here. I think that it, it hurts fighting Bellum because you, you finally see him and you're just like, oh, what is this thing? It's just like a squid. It just looks like extremely generic. It, Bellum has no personality whatsoever. And it just, it feels very, I don't know. Like it just, it feels like you're fighting any old monster. And so by the time that you get to the final boss of this game, you know, we've, we've kind of been conditioned to expect like this, these big confrontations and you know what you can't fight ganon in every single game i totally get that but like you know link's awakening when you finally make it and you fight nightmare like that feels like a big battle or like when you finally get to vadi like that feels like a big battle and then you get to bellum and you're like what is this squid looking thing with eyes on its tentacles <laughs> um so yeah i i think that i think that the the build-up really hurts bellum and I don't think that the strat or the the boss fight is particularly great either. Um, the the setting for it, I think, is like uh, I don't know. I, I think it would have been cooler to like fight on the actual ship itself rather than like that kind of towery looking thing that you fight in. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just shooting all of the different tentacles. It, it wasn't like I was never just like, oh man, this is so cool. This is like a really awesome. Uh, this is a really awesome boss battle. Um, so yeah, the the first phase of Bellum in particular, I think, was was really disappointing and anticlimactic to me, especially because like for a game that I I think is not, you know, I I think it's probably fair to say Phantom Hourglass isn't in the upper echelon of many players' games, but I do think that it does offer really good bosses, and then to see it kind of, you know wet the bed on the final boss of the game is, is a little bit disheartening. So the first phase of Bellum to me, um, and, and like I said, maybe it's more so just the, the buildup and like the position that the fight is in rather than the actual fight itself. Cause I think the fight is mediocre, but like, yeah, just, just everything else. It's just not a final Zelda game boss battle, I think is the problem, you know? Yeah, that kind of makes sense. So I, in in that case, I'm glad it's only the first cycle and not the last cycle because that would be disappointing. I would totally agree with you if that was the last of it instead of Bellenbeck. But yeah. um, I, I actually I, I don't like the Bellenbeck fight a whole lot either. I like the setting, but I don't <laughs> like the actual battle. I think the, the actual battle kind of sucks. The fight is definitely not the best, but the emotions that you're looking for, I feel, are there in my opinion yeah, at yeah. least. I, I would I um, I could agree with that. Yeah. So, I mean, I I definitely would never... It's kind of funny because I did watch a Compendium episode last year and they were talking about Bellum. And Mossies is like, nobody's ever going to say that Bellum is the best boss. And I, was, and I wanted to just be like a, a smart ass and be like, yeah, Bellum's my favorite boss, you jerk. Why are you knocking on Bellum? But like, nobody's ever going to say he's like, 
a top tier final big bad. He's he's definitely he's kind of like Aster in a way where you only get a little bit of a story for him and you don't really know much oh. else about him. Oh, hold on, hold on. We've done our boy Aster dirty on the show the last couple of weeks, but we can't do him that dirty. Come on. <laughs> Aster is okay, Aster okay. is a tier above Bellum. Okay, Come on now. Fair, fair, fair. But I'm just saying it's in that same arena where like you said you don't get that much you know you don't get that much of an explanation um and maybe i don't remember the explanation because again i speed run this game so i skip all that stuff but i can agree with that i do think that fighting him in the tower is cool because it's it's the uh temple of the ocean king tower so it makes sense i do like that you like pause time to hit him which is kind of cool if not kind of frustrating because you can't make a freaking figure eight on the ds with the oh story. yeah that's horrible i <laughs> good god i forgot about that oh that was uh, that was <laughs> dreadful trying to make that stupid figure eight. Oh god um, thanks for reminding me so like i can i i get what you mean and you know what i'm gonna use this as the perfect segue into my next boss which is the ghost ship which is the second phase of bellum and I feel like the ghost ship, like, it makes sense, but they didn't execute it well enough. It makes sense that it's there because it's kind of this imposing figure throughout Phantom Hourglass from yeah. the beginning to, like, the middle. But you kind of defeat the you kind of defeat the boss of the, the ghost ship in the middle of the game. So having it come back is weird. And plus, it's just, like, it's, like, possessed by Bellum and all these purple eyes kind of pop out. And I honestly, I could, I like, I don't even think anybody knows how many times you're supposed to hit these eyeballs, how many times you're going back and forth on this ship, kind of just blasting it with your cannon, and you just do it until it's done. And yeah. it's just so obnoxious because you're like, there's no strategy to this. I just have to make sure I don't die and get hit by these purple blobs. And it's just... It, it takes the momentum of fighting the final big bad boss, like, right out of it. I think the only good part about Bellum is the Bellum back fight. So, yeah, those two phases, while I like phase one more than phase two, are not the best of any Zelda game. Definitely not. Uh, you know what? Phase, phase two is, like, I, I feel like it's not great because for the reasons that you just said, like, how many times am I supposed to hit this thing? Like, there's no indication of, like, when Bellum is almost done. Um, it's, you know, it's it's pretty simple. You're just sailing and just mashing away on your cannon. And, like, it's uh, it doesn't take a lot of thinking to do. And it is pretty annoying how, like, you you have to continually chart out your, your course as well. And it's, like, it would be better if your ship just, like, moved forward in, in just this one particular like instance because you have to always stop and like squiggle a stupid line for your ship to go in whatever i i feel like i feel like it's not super offensive because i think it's like it's definitely the shortest of the of the phases but it's it's certainly not great and uh, i could definitely see where you know you're just like again it's it's just like there's no momentum and there's no build-up right because you've you've just done this this stupid Bellum fight with the squid and you're just like, Oh, well this is Bellum. Okay. You've done this really dreadful fight where you have to squiggle figure eights a million times in order to freeze time. And then you go to this ghost ship part and you're like, God, how long does this go for? Like, 
I, I'm just going to chart a course, put my DS down and go make a sandwich or something and come back. Like this takes like, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's not great. Um, Bellum back. I feel like to me is more so the feeling that I was looking for, but yeah, the, the fight itself is pretty bad. It's just like, it's a disappointing final sequence to Phantom Hourglass, which again is, is too bad because I think that the, the game does bosses pretty well for the most part. So yeah, it's it's too bad that it kind of goes out like this. Fair enough. Fair enough. I guess it's my turn, isn't it? Yep, your turn. Let's go. All right, all right. Um, so I, this one, this one was a soft one for me. I almost didn't include it on my list, but uh, I I ended up deciding to put it on. I am going to single out Water Blight Ganon, and. I, I don't know what it is about this fight. It's just like there's something about the simplicity. Uh, like it's it's too simple. I think that the stage is really bland. You're you've got the four platforms and you're hopping between the two. Um he like in comparison, I just think that the this is the worst blight fight. Um especially compared to like Thunder Blight, which is really fun and frantic. Fire Blight, which kind of feels like you've got this big explosive energy going on. Um, even Windblade is kind of cool, which I think a lot of people typically do first, because you're like, you're pausing in the air, there's these really dramatic bow shots and stuff like that, and then you get to Waterblade, and it's just like, alright, we're floating around, four blocks in some water, uh, we're gonna shoot out some ice, and that's that's kind of that, it, and the strategy never really changes a whole lot, I don't think, you just kind of hop from one block to the next, like, yeah, you can use Cryonus to, to destroy the, the little ice shards that he shoots at you, but... You can also just easily jump off the platform and swim to the next one over and and get over there. I just think that it's like it's really boring, um, and it's like it's it's almost inoffensive enough to like be forgettable. But I figured that like okay, since Breath of the Wild is such like a big game in the series, uh, I'm gonna call out Waterblade Ganon here for just being a little bit uh, a little bit drab in comparison to to its siblings. You know, thinking about it while you were talking about it, I completely disagree because I I find that Waterblight Ganon has the most strats that you can use to defeat it. It has the most variety, in my opinion. I feel like Fireblight is probably the weakest of them all because at that at the point at the second phase point of Fireblight, you're just you're just bashing him. You're just trying to hit him as much as you can until he's dead. But Waterblight, you can um, you could do bullet time. Uh, you can make Cryonis and jump towards the water and get some cool bow shots in. You can use Cryonis to break the blocks, but on the last one you can use Stasis and then hit it so it hits him back in the face, which is pretty cool. So I feel like there's a bunch of cool strats that you could do to make that fight in more interesting. So I wouldn't say that Waterblight is the weakest or that bad of a boss fight, just because I, I feel like there's different ways that you could think about it and do it. So I like that versus fireblight which i i just i don't have very many strats it's pretty frustrating actually sure and and like i totally get that and you're also you're you're a far 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 better breath of the wild player than me but like for for me for like the average breath of the wild player it's just like okay like i i, I don't know i just i don't feel the the energy in that fight what compared to the other ones like yeah like you just kind of mash and, and hit fireblight again but like that one to me just it feels like a brawl like it feels like a big fight and this one just kind of feels like okay go into this platform we'll quickly dodge the uh 
We'll quickly dodge the the Kryonis that he's sending, jump to the next platform, shoot a couple arrows, dodge it again. It's just like, I feel like it's a very slow fight for someone like me that's not very good, that doesn't use strategies like, all right, we're going to, we're going to stasis his last ice block back and, and shoot it back at him. Like, and, and yeah. you know, I, I probably could do more to make it more interesting, but I, like, I just want the fight to be interesting on itself. Like, I don't want to have to create, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> like different ways of beating him to make that fight interesting. So uh, I, like, I, I can see what you're saying, but to me, it's just like, I, I think it's the setting is a big part of it. Um, That really just kind of feels bland to me. But, yeah, it uh, is. yeah, I, I, I don't know. That. Just, uh, I don't know. Uh, he wasn't, he wasn't high on my list, and I almost let him and off putting him on my list, but I decided to put him on his last minute thing. <laughs> it's kind of actually um, sad too, and a little bit aggravating that something that's slow. I, you know, I will admit that he is slow, and he just he does more long range stuff can beat Mifa because I feel like after playing Age of Calamity, that Mifa is a total warrior, like. She she's definitely got a really fast like acrobatic water fighting style and I cannot see Waterblight from Breath of the Wild beating Mifa. It's just kind of disappointing. So, I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. Um Let's see what's next on my list. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever fought this uh boss before. Prismantis from Triforce Heroes. Have you ever, uh, have you ever no, played that I don't, one? I don't think so. I, I'm going to tell you a story after, but I've, I've tried to play Triforce Heroes like half a dozen times, and I, I can never get yeah. very far in because it's just so dreadful. My thing about Triforce Heroes is, like, everybody who listens to the show knows I like playing it when it, you're with a good group of friends and it's fun and you're having a goofy time and, you know, you're just having a good time. Um, the boss fights, uh, can get a little frustrating because you need to communicate with your fellow players and sometimes the bosses move a little too fast for your communication. Um, Prismantis is one of those. Prismantis is like a fidget spinner on, <laughs> with three col the three colors, right? And whatever color is on the ground, that's the person who wants to hit it, if I'm remembering this right. Um, and then he kind of like steps around on his three feet and so if you like get somebody on a totem he's already moved on and it's really frustrating so I just remember that one being the kind of thing that like made us all a little annoyed with each other because we couldn't communicate fast enough to beat the stupid boss the stupid fidget spinner thing so <laughs> I just it definitely like some of the boss fights in there are frustrating, but they're still fun and they're goofy and they have fun music and you're just having a good time. But that one was just very frustrating and made me not want to play the game anymore. Uh, I'm I'm looking at Prismantis and true true to form in Triforce Heroes. This box looks super stupid and super ridiculous. So I have nothing to say, but I'm going to tell you a story, Allison. Because I, okay. I don't want to just let this go without uh, me contributing something here. But after we were done recording our Twilight Princess episode with Mr. Corey Richmond, Corey and I were chatting over in the Virtual Theater Discord. Virtual Theater is a podcast about video game movies and the stories <laughs> that shape them. For anybody that doesn't know, um, join our Discord. And we were talking, and Mr. Richmond said something along the lines of this to me. I think that Triforce Heroes is a much better game than four swords adventures and i almost threw up i almost threw up and i i kid i kid you not i when, once he said that my head started pounding and i took 
two extra strength Tylenol and an ibuprofen and had a headache for like the next four hours. Oh after that. my God, it it might've been a coincidence, reaction. but it also might not have been. And <laughs> I, I was like so disgusted and so aghast with this comment that I, I tried to type up a rebuke as best as I could, but I was just like, I was just so startled and so flabbergasted that someone could say something so blasphemous that it just made me wow it, it, it made my skin crawl when i heard that so i have nothing to add for prismatis yeah, except for I... that story <laughs> i wonder how Corey feels about prismatis if he thinks that way but uh yeah that's that's a terrifying story and uh prismatis is a terrifying boss so one, not of, the, one of the not worst the takes the worst takes I've ever heard in my life goes out to you, Corey. And I <laughs> so know you're much listening. so that it made you physically ill. Okay. Oh, <laughs> okay. On. Let's move on. Uh, my next boss, uh, I, I kind of grappled with putting him on this list again, but I decided to, um, is Link's Shadow from Zelda II, The Adventure of Link. And again, this is a final boss. And the actual, the idea of it is pretty cool. Like Link fighting this shadow version of himself. And if you do the boss as intended, it's a cool fight, but I'm putting him on my list because there is a way that you can beat this boss that really makes it like really lame and really anticlimactic. Again, um, basically if you go all the way to the left of your screen and you just duck and you slash and you stay there, um, Link's shadow will come over to you continually and you just hit him and he'll never, ever, ever hit you. And you just hit him until he dies and it's it's not like it's a glitch or anything like that. It's just a design flaw. And I've, by exploiting that design flaw, it takes like what could be a really cool like boss battle and just makes it kind of like a fart in church. So Link Shadow is up there for me. Um, yeah, this is why I decided not to put any games that I've only played once or forever ago, put any bosses from those games, because I'm pretty sure anything from Link's Adventure would be on, like, on the list. My list would be 20 bosses long. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is just, like, my least favorite Zelda game. I know a lot of people, like, there is, a, there is a good group of people that do like this game, and that's awesome for you. I love that you love this game because it doesn't get as mu that much love, so I'm so glad for that. And the concept of, you know... The of Dark Link, Shadow Link, however you wanna, however you wanna call him, is really cool. Like fighting your shadow is an awesome concept, and I'm super glad that it it was birthed in that game because it gave us awesome, you know, Shadow Link fights in the future. So yeah. I will appreciate I'll appreciate it in that way that it started a legacy. But I'm pretty sure when I did it, when I played it, uh, I hated it. So <laughs> that's all I could say about it. <laughs> And, and that's totally fair. I, I totally get that. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's keep it going here. We still got, uh, we still got a couple to get through here. Yeah. Um, okay. This one, this one's kind of tricky because I like half of this fight and I hate the other half of this fight. So this is, uh, from Skyward Sword, which, um, I, yeah, there's a lot of really good bosses in Skyward Sword. So this was kind of one of those things where I don't look forward to it. Um, Bilocyte from when you're fighting on Levias, it's like the it's like the virus that's um, attacking Levias, and he makes him have these eyeballs that are like floating out of his pores and stuff. 
That's mm-hmm. the part I hate. When you're flying on the loft wing and like, you're trying oh, when to you're on the loft eyeballs, wing. yeah, okay. I don't like that. It's I again, I can't aim for some reason on this game. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it, like I'm just like spiral charging at these eyeballs and I miss it by that much, or I hit the fish and I die. Um, it's especially painful if you're in hero mode because you take a lot more damage. But here's the thing. I speedrun this game, so thankfully I can skip that part and do the actual good fighting of Byla's Height, where you're on top of Levias and you're fighting the weird, creepy uh, lizard eyeball thing. Um, I, I like that part of the fight a lot, actually. The When you're, like, deflecting, it's kind of a game of tennis, you know, from yeah. Zelda Pass. So I like that part. But the eyeball part, when you're floating around on the left wing trying to hit the eyeballs, don't like it. I'm so glad that somebody came up with a way to skip it. Thank you for whoever did that. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I like this fight. I, I like the Loftwing part too. Um, it's, it's like a, it's a short fight, so it doesn't feel that offensive to me. And it's like, you don't have to go through it like a dungeon necessarily to, to get to it. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind it, but also, you know what? Also, I could probably stand to revisit Skyward Sword because I meant to play it last year. And I keep on, I keep on not playing it because I'm like, okay, it's got to be coming to Switch soon, so I'm, I'm gonna wait until HD comes yeah. out. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I always, I always liked this fight. I never found it too, uh, too offensive. If anything, I would say sometimes it could be tricky in the second portion of the fight, like getting the, uh, like when you're deflecting the spitballs or whatever they are, and getting them to go left or right to hit the his ears or his wings or whatever the hell it is. So yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I think was... this one's okay. I always think of like that lizard that has the weird like um like wings or whatever when it's scary. I don't know if that makes any sense. But um try doing it uh him when he's invisible, Andy, cuz when you skip the first phase and you get him to come out early, he's invisible. All right then. I don't think I will try that. <laughs> I don't think I will. Uh what I will do is tell you the next boss on my list and <laughs> I you know what this <laughs> this boss is so pathetic that I almost kind of like him and I almost kind of, I almost kind of dig his vibe, but in particularly the DX version of Link's Awakening, you fight the anglerfish who is the absolute most pathetic boss in the entire Zelda history. He's the easiest boss ever. First of all, he starts off the battle by saying like glug glug, which is awesome. And then you just, you simply swing down, you swing your sword, like, I don't know, six times, and he's dead. And that's it. The the amount of time that I spent describing this fight is probably far longer than it would take anybody to actually beat the anglerfish. He is pathetic. It's so, he's such a pathetic boss that it's, like, kind of hilarious almost. But, like, you know, we're, we're talking... We're talking the worst of Zelda bosses, so I mean, I I would be remiss if I didn't put in the anglerfish. This guy is he he's like the joke that all the other Zelda bosses joke about. Like this is the Brooklyn Brawler of Zelda bosses here. He's he's the absolute worst, uh, but he's he's kind of like a lovable loser almost, you know. <laughs> um, I'm trying to. So you're saying that particularly with the the DX version. Yes. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to even remember him in the new version. I feel like I can't. You know um, what? I I feel like they improved him a little bit in the new version because I I think that it did 
uh, take a few more hits in order to beat him. And you couldn't just like in the DX version, you can get in the water, swim down immediately, hit him a bunch of times and he is dead. Like it, it probably literally takes you less than 10 seconds to do this. Got it. Okay. Fair enough. So, um, yeah, once again, I haven't played the, or the original or the DX version of the game, so I couldn't tell you, but if it, if it did get improved upon in Link's Awakening, then I'm glad because at least in my eyes, it wasn't a fight that I really remembered. So I, I wouldn't say he was the worst or the best, but uh, that kind of sounds funny that you just go down and you hit him a couple times and you're like, all right, cool. Where's the next guy? I, I kid you not, this fight will probably take you 10 seconds um, to do. It's It's just bonkers how this made it into a Zelda game. But uh, you know what? <laughs> Not every boss can be can be a tough guy, and some of them just have that uh, Achilles heel. And I guess that that is the big open face of the anglerfish. Not really that much of a hidden Achilles heel. All right, so those yeah. are all the bosses that Allison and I got on our lists that were different from each other. But we had three on our lists that were the same. So I think that it's finally time that we finish this off. We get into... I guess this could be definitively our top three because we both had them here. So yeah. let's start off with one from Majora's Mask and let's talk about Gyorg. Is that how you say his name? Gyorg? Georg? Yeah, Gyorg, Georg. Some people call him George. I don't know, but I, right, I, we're, I don't... We're going to call him George. Uh, George, yes. I love yeah, it. Okay. I don't know if anybody, if I talk to anybody, if they would say that this is a good boss fight. I don't feel like anybody could justify george being a good boss fight do you think somebody could uh, i'm sure that somebody probably could uh i wouldn't though um especially particularly on the original version of majora's mask but i haven't played that version in such a long time that i'm just gonna stick to strictly majora's mask 3d um yeah first of all fair. like i think that the the first portion of this fight is like super bland and super boring you're standing around waiting for a ton of time for Gyorg to or for George to finally do something um, but it's the second portion that I just really can't stand at all and let, that's when you have to like yeah when you're the Zora and you and you dash through and break the um what are those things called not landmines what are they called I mean mines that's how I is, always is, thought is they that, were okay just mines okay the little yeah. little spiky bald mines that are they're conveniently floating in the bottom there um and you have to break them then you have to wait for Gyorg or for George to suck in those mines, and that's how he gets stunned, and you can go down and beat him up. First of all, I think that fighting as Azora kind of sucks. I love moving around and swimming as Azora, but like the actual chopping and slashing and stuff like that, uh, close combat is really not the Zora's strong suit, I don't think. Second of all, it's like when you were doing this, and I, I don't know if I'm speaking for you here too, Allison, but for me, when I would do this... I would say like 80% of the time I would either blow myself up on the mine trying to uh, get get it unchained or like I was going around so fast as Azora swimming that like I couldn't see and then I would just end up flying or swimming right into George's mouth and getting sucked up which also takes <laughs> forever the animation takes forever so it's it's very frustrating cuz like it's like you have to go you have to do this sequence of events really quickly and break the mines and get it into George's mouth. But like you need to slow yourself down so that you can actually see what you're doing. So it's very frustrating. 
yeah, I can 100% agree. I, I definitely with the blowing yourself apart. It's it's such a precise like sequence that you need to do. It's um like the hitbox is really small. The the movement of having George be there where you need him to be is just not very often or very well executed. So that's why that you blowing him up is so frustrating and you're like man i wish i was playing twilight princess or something so i could throw my own water bombs at this guy instead of having to be so precise and hit those stupid mines at him um yeah but basically everything else you said uh i agree with too like he like sucks you up and it takes forever to get out he sometimes he tricks you you think you're like he's ready to take one of those mines but he regurgitates a bunch of little fish instead and it's just it it's a long fight it's frustrating and if you're trying to 100% the game you might have to do it more than once which is gross like it's no goat so like it's just the idea of getting to this boss especially after that doing that dungeon which definitely isn't the best dungeon of Majora's Mask um it's just it's not fun it feels like a chore it's one of those things where I'm like I don't like that I'm just feeling I have to do this in order to get past it. Uh, let's talk about those fish, too, because those can be a real problem, especially if you have not upgraded your magic meter. Because if you're not, like, if you're low on magic, you're you're boned. Because, like, you, you have to swim, but if you don't have the magic around you, then the fish are constantly, like, hitting you and stopping your momentum. Um and it's, it's kind of nice because you can defeat them and, like, get some more magic and, and some hearts. But, like, if you don't have magic to defeat them, like, it's it's big. It's a super, like, it's super inconvenient. And it makes a long fight, I think, even longer and more unpleasant. Yeah. So, yeah, this, and, and, and like I said, like, he he just, fighting as Azora sucks. And he seems to take forever to, like, finally be put away. You know what I mean? Like, it, it feels like you're yeah. just slashing him forever uh, i also like not that you know looks are what makes a boss or what doesn't but i think it helps and like he's just kind of like this ugly looking fish boss and i think that if you go and look at the other bosses of majora's mask like goat and uh and twin mold and um odawala or whatever his name is they look really cool like they're they're yeah. very cool majora's mask looks really cool and like uh george just looks like a big ugly fish so yeah there Fair it enough. is. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, right. sorry, George, but we don't like you. Uh, okay, we got two more to go here, Elsa. I'm going <laughs> to let you pick which one you want to do first here because both of them are pretty bad, I think. I feel like we can get super salty about one, so I'm going to keep that for last and say the next one on our list is, no surprise to anyone, Imprisoned from Skyward Sword. Yep. Uh, what What I... more can you say? You know, it's not great. Spiky avocado. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, the first fight is good. It's like, it's cool. You know, you got, you, you like have to hit its toes and stuff if you want to do that. Um, <laughs> you could also just hop on his head and hit the spike down without hitting his toes and knocking him over. But like, I, I like the first fight. And the third fight is definitely like, it raises the ante a little bit. You're definitely more likely to fail in the third fight. So it kind of gets your heart pumping. And I'm like, ooh, I got to get this guy. He's kind of freaking me out. He's getting real close to beating me. So even though it's the third time and I'm like, I'm so sick of fighting him. 
I feel like the second time is the worst. It, um, when, I'm pretty sure that's when he grows his arms uh, for the first time. And so now, so not only can is it hard to get to his feet if you want to knock his like toes off, but he's got this gigantic long arms. And if you're like me and you do the speedrunning strats where you like glide up and get on his head first and knock the uh, the spike down, he starts knocking you off. So you have to be fast. And yeah. uh, just so not only is the like doing it multiple times annoying. But, like, I feel like the second time is probably the worst of all three, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, You know what? I, I might actually be tempted to say that, like, if if looked at in a vacuum, I think that each of the imprisoned fights is, like, kind of fun in, in their own way, right? Like, as, right. as individual fights, if you look at them just in a vacuum, they're fun. But, I mean, you can't do that because you you know the first time you fight him it's like okay that's that was neat and then you go back and you do it and then you go back and you do it again and like the law of diminishing returns is that we're like the third time even though they up the ante the imprisoned is flying and it's really cool you've got the the grucinator um it's just like okay i, I gotta fight this this guy again and yeah. i i think that no matter how great that third boss fight was you're gonna be feeling that um you know and and it's it's impossible to look at the the fights in in a vacuum like that, and I I don't know, I I mean I think that's probably a flaw of Skyward Sword that's gonna stick. Uh, we've talked a lot about Skyward Sword HD about like one of the, some of the things that they could do to improve the game, and there's a lot of really easy fixes that they could do, but I I don't see them taking out that second imprisoned fight. I just don't. So yeah. I, I think that that one's gonna stick. You know, the, I mean, the big thing about the Imprison fight and why it's so bad is I, I really think that it's the design of the Imprisoned. He just looks stupid. You know, he doesn't spike, look like this big threat. Avocado. Yeah. Like, um, it, it just, yeah. It, it's one of those things where, like, it looks so, so goofy and so ludicrous that it, it's hard to take it seriously as, like, this big threat. Yeah, no, I I get that too, and it, it's just it. One of the other things about it, um, that goes along with fighting it three times is Skyward Sword is such a long game. Like I love Skyward Sword. Casually speedrunning it is kind of rough because I'm sitting there for seven and a half, eight and a half hours, and when you have to fight the imprisoned three times in a speedrun, it's just so. It, it's like disheartening actually because I'm like oh, I can't believe I'm only on the second in prison fight and I still have three hours left of the speed run to go mm. it's just it's like it's not fun and I know they didn't build the game for speed running but like e even so like if I if I was playing it casually and I was about to do the second in prison fight I'd be like you know what I'll probably take a break and come back to this next weekend or something because it's just not it's not fun yeah yeah I mean, so as an example too, I was just um, I was just playing Metroid Prime Two for the Omega Metroid podcast, and you fight Dark Samus three times in that game, and the fights against Dark Samus are all of them are better than the fights against the Imprisoned. But even then, by the third time that you fight Dark Samus, it's like, God, that this is enough. I don't want to fight this person anymore, right? And like, so it, right. it doesn't matter how good it is. Three times is too much. I, I I think that the fights against the imprisoned are fun, but like they're not that fun. Where it's just like, man, that was that was fantastic. You know, I I want to do that again. So and, and I really uh, I just I feel like 
I feel like just the wrong choice was made for the Imprisons design. I think that, I, I don't know what it should have been or could have been. Maybe it could have been something more along the lines of like what uh, Calamity Ganon looks like in kind of that that ethereal fog form or something. But like the the design that they that they got for the Imprison just looks so... Ugh, it just it looks so bargain bin that it's it's just like it's hard to take that seriously as a threat. So yeah, you know, this this boss frequently ranks among the worst Zelda bosses in the series, and I think that that's valid. Uh, you love Skyward Sword, I love Skyward Sword, but I mean this this fight ain't the one, as my father it's would always say. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, who's our last one, Andy? Well, our last one. No surprise, again, if you've listened to us talk on this show before in any detail. We're going to Breath of the Wild. We are going to the final boss of the game. And we are going to Dark Beast Ganon. Who, you know what, is, uh, might be in contention with the Anglerfish as the most pathetically easy boss <laughs> of any Zelda boss. <laughs> Dark Beast Ganon just got compared to the Anglerfish. I, you know what? I, I, I'll give it this, okay? I'll give it this. I think that Dark Beast Ganon does look kind of cool. Like, he looks cool. Um, the setting is cool. You're in Hyrule Field. You've got Zelda. you got the light bow. You're riding Epona or whatever your horse's name happens to be. Um, but this fight just sucks. It sucks. You just, you run around and you casually jump up and shoot him with arrows and... That's it. It's done. It's over. Yeah. So I I agree that Dark Beast Ganon definitely looks awesome. I think that the design choice was was pretty spot on and smart as as far as Dark Beast Ganon goes. Not Calamity Ganon, which we've talked about at large in in other right. episodes. But like Dark Beast Ganon definitely looks like the imposing final boss figure that you want in a game. He he's but what the, the imprison problem- should have looked like actually right yeah so it's it's so disappointing that you've got this really big bad boss guy and you're like yeah i've been playing this game for 200 hours i found all the koroks and now i'm gonna beat it and it's gonna be epic and awesome they make it sound epic the music is great you've got zelda you know telekinetically talking to you and that's so cool and it's just it looks cool and it sounds cool but the actual fight itself just completely knocks all of that away like it kind of just bats it away like oh yeah those things aren't even important anymore because it's so pathetic the fight yeah it's just why you have so many interesting ways like we just talked about to fight even the blights you could do them in so many different ways you could do the shrines in so many different ways they want you to think in this game but for the final boss battle, they don't want you to be creative. They're going to hold your hand for the final boss battle? Are you kidding me? It's just, it's sad and very disappointing. So I'm hoping that they can actually have a redemption if um, in Breath of the Wild 2. I mean, they kind of did in Age, uh, Age of Calamity. The Calamity Ganon fight in there was pretty awesome, and he looked awesome, and he, it sounded awesome. So there was at least that. But I'm hoping in Breath of the Wild 2 with, like, the rehydrated Ganondorf or whatever, I'm hoping that we get, like, Ocarina of Time level Ganondorf boss fight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this 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 was a limp fish boss battle is what this was. Um, and, and you know what the worst part is? Is, like, so, yeah, the setting is cool. Dark Beast Ganon looks cool. 
but he's just stomping around in Hyrule Field. It's like, okay, well, where are you going? And then to add on to that, it's like Link is here, and it feels like Dark Beast Ganon doesn't really acknowledge you. He's just kind of stomping yeah. along. He's doing his thing. He's he's looking like Pumbaa in The Lion King, and it's just like. <laughs> Uh, hello, I'm over here trying to stop you for all time. Like, you, you want to fight? And he's just like, no, I just want to walk. And it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to shoot you then. Don't mind me. And Dark Beast Ganon is like, cool, great. And that's it. It's just, yeah, it's uh, it's disappointing. It's disappointing. You know what? The, the Calamity Ganon boss battle, uh, you know, say what you will about how he looks like this stupid robot mechanism thing. But at least that was kind of like this close quarters brawl. Felt like a big fight. Kind of had some build up to it. Um, this one. Yeah, this one just feels. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I usually have some pretty creative uh, descriptors, but it's just it's just blah. It makes me feel blah. It's a letdown for sure. Yeah. For such an epic game, you know, you're ending on this huge note but it misses the mark entirely and it's really sad. Thank God for the Champions Ballad DLC and Monk Mask Kashia, which single-handedly right? <laughs> saves this game from having all these like subpar boss battles cuz I Fair I still enough. think that Monk Mask Kashia is the best Zelda boss probably ever. But man. Yep. Oh, Dark Beast Ganon. What a what a guy. What a guy. <laughs> Well, um, there we go. We're we're at the end of our list here, and uh, I think that we covered some some pretty suspect bosses uh, in our in our time together here. But of course, we want to know what uh, what your least favorite boss battles are, uh, what you agreed with, what you disagreed with. I'm sure that uh, we have a lot of people out there disagreeing with some of our picks here, Allison. So uh, let us yeah, know sure. over on Discord, and uh, we can argue and shout at each other there. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. That's all. I, I guess I should point out that originally we were going to do the CDI episodes today, but I just ran out of time to play them. So I'm going to get uh, I'm going to get going on that this week, and we're going to do that next week, and we're going to have some CDI coverage for you. Um, until then, Allison, anything you want to part with uh, before we get out of here? Uh, no, I feel like we hit hit it right on the head for this episode. It was kind of it was kind of negative, but like sometimes you got it. You got to you know, clear all that out so you can pay attention to the actual real epic stuff of the series. So that's right. Sometimes the night has to get darkest before the dawn <laughs> as my father might there say. You go. Um, all right. That's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And of course we want you to check us out over on Twitter. I am at Spateri316 and Allison is at Allison Aletha uh, as well as over on Twitch. If you want to check her out. Um, that's it. That's all we are getting out here. We'll be back next week with some CDI. Make sure that you are subscribing over on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, like and subscribe. Leave us that five-star review. That would be really, really cool. And uh, until next week, everybody, stay safe and take care. <laughs>